this applies to life, the beginning relationship, any type of relationship, I always say ATV. Remember ATV. I don't know if you can tell from my accent what those letters are, what the A is. But <laughs> yeah, A is A-T-V. So For the Canadians listening, ATV. <laughs> Hey ladies. Hey ladies and welcome back to Herspective. Fresh morning. We're doing our record. Yep. It's uh we're early bright and atom Sunday morning. Up and atom. <laughs> up and atom. Yep. Bright and early. Like I'm always bright and early and up and atom. <laughs> early I, bird gets the worm. Yeah. <laughs> we're taking advantage of all the sunlight on this uh beautiful Sunday morning. It is beautiful. It's been amazing weather. Makes quarantine life so much easier. Thank God. Like we can actually be outside and enjoy being outside. And now we can see up to 10 people. I Woo-woo. know. Should Very I start exciting. planning our, our party? We need yes, a party. We should, we should we need have a party. party. Oh my God. We need a party. <laughs> yeah. We need a I party. I need a party. <laughs> I love how our, our party is only 10 people, but it's a start. I love how we've said party at least 10 times in the last 10 seconds. <laughs> this is what happens when you're up uh, and recording party, on Sunday party. mornings. Yeah. Party, party, party. All you can think about is partying. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So actually, before we get started, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Intamo Pleasurables, for supporting Herspective. Intamo Pleasurables is a Canadian sexual self-care company. They use 100% plant-based ingredients in all of their products. They are a company that cares and gives back a portion of every sale to facilitate free sex and pleasure education in our communities. Head to intamopleasurables.com for their full line of products and use coupon code HERSPECTIVE20 at checkout. And they're opening their first store. It's so exciting. We're so proud of them and happy for them. It will be called Intamo Pleasure Boutique. Perfect name. And it's opening in Victoria, BC. BC. Um, so, <laughs> so shout out to them. Congrats, Ariel and team. You guys deserve it. And we're so proud of you. So um, I just kept thinking about the other day when we were recording uh, this episode uh, and how your mom mentioned that like she couldn't recognize me walking towards the studio because of my hobble. So it's like. That was my superhero disguise. Like, I'm basically a superhero (laughs) instead of, like, Clark Kent glasses or, like, I don't know, not glasses (laughs) or something. It's my hobble because I tore my calf muscle. Yeah, you're a hobble. I just couldn't recognize her. It was actually hilarious. So when I went to ask my dad to get us set up because we were back in the garage studio for this episode, um, my mom was wondering who was hobbling to the house um (laughs) took me a minute to be like you mean lauren (laughs) she didn't even know who you were (laughs) she's just so unrecognizable i have no idea who that person is that hobble really threw me yeah um the hobble was unrecognizable (laughs) so (laughs) way to be uh Super undetectable, Lauren. <laughs> You've Super got that going on. Because, you know, once I straighten out and don't hobble, she'll be like, oh, it was Lauren the whole time. Lauren, was that you? 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, just backstory. Tore my calf muscle um, running, trying to work on my fitness. Uh, so, hey, kids, fuck a fitness because you're just going to get hurt. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, Don't do that. Don't do fitness. Do fitness, though. <laughs> just be smart about it. Listen to your body, blah, blah, all that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'll be fine. No, that sucks, though. That is, like, the most pain. And I hate when, like, I last year I pulled my quad muscle and I thought for sure it was it was the part that was right above the knee. So I thought for sure I needed a new uh, <laughs> knee. Like, it was so painful. And when the doctor's like, oh, you just have a pulled muscle. I'm like, you fucking lying bitch. I do not have a pulled muscle. Like, I can't move. But I did. So I, I feel your pain on that. Yeah, it, it feels sucks. way worse. <laughs> but if you do, people won't recognize you because you'll have some weird hobble or no one will know who you are all of a sudden. <laughs> I think the word hobble in itself is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> the fuck? And it's funny because you both said that my mom and you were both well, like, Well, that's oh, what hobble. I'm doing. What? That's what I'm doing. It's a hobble. I'm not really limping because I like am trying to walk on it gently. So it's really more of a hobble. Yeah. No, it is. You're right. Not wrong. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I love how we can get stuck on really yeah. the silliest of what all happens things. happens when we record in the morning? We've got yeah, the sillies. The sillies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silliness. We love the silliness. Please, for the love of God, change the subject. <laughs> well, you've learned something new that you're telling me about. Share. Share with our listeners yeah, your new so skill. I'm a, f- a full-blown twerker now. <laughs> I twerk. I, I twerk. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I should be able to twerk. Um, there's no reason that I can't and don't know how. Um, so I'm going to remedy that. And yesterday I decided to twerk and learn how to do it. And I followed YouTube videos and um, like burnt my legs out. Today my legs don't work. I'm hobbling around because it's a fucking workout and a half. Um, no wonder... Nasty Naz is like fit as fuck because it's it's hard. Anyways, I can twerk now. <laughs> Congrats. It is a great workout, I will say. Like your legs really do feel the burn. Um Yeah. Oh, and I'm God. impressed and that you learned. Back. Yeah. Thanks. I'm impressed that you learned through YouTube. Like, that's hard. Oh God. You can learn anything through YouTube, first of all. And actually, um, I've just um I was always like a Spotify girl and then my boyfriend has YouTube premium, so I cut my Spotify account, saved 10 bucks a month, and just use his, and it's actually way better. Um, this is not an ad, but YouTube premium is amazing, and um, yeah, there's a wealth of knowledge on there, including twerking vids, so. But YouTube, if you want to sponsor us, if anyone yeah. from YouTube is listening... <laughs> This can be an ad Holla. if you want it to be. <laughs> yeah. For the low, low price. <laughs> uh, top marketing execs are listening in. Yeah, likely. <laughs> we I... will gladly advertise for you. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't be. So <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm, so hello. <laughs> Good morning. Hi. Hello to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sir, like a man of all people, too. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm obsessed with YouTube. And also another thing that I'm obsessed with, totally off topic, is Gordon Ramsay. Uh, another gem. He put every single one of all of his like hotel hell, 
um, Kitchen Nightmares episodes on YouTube. So we, that's all we've been watching is Gordon Ramsay. So, so you've gone down just, the Gordon Ramsay rabbit hole as of late. Like above and beyond. And all I want to do, like we were going out last night for dinner with friends and we're like, should we just turn around and watch Hotel Hellmore? <laughs> no, we got to go. But anyways, it's really good. <laughs> you've also learned some editing skills. Yeah, no, this is a week. This has been a week of learning. You're right. Thank you for that. I I can twerk and I can edit. So yeah, I mean, I'm on top of the world. These are some of the perks of quarantine, right? Like we're really tapping into some skills that we didn't previously have and trying to develop those and learn new things. Yeah. Like if you're going to do anything while on lockdown, in a sense, uh, it is to learn something new and we've now both learned that and it's pretty exciting that we can now edit our own podcast. We love our editors and we will still use them, but in a pinch, yeah. we have the ability and um, honestly, this is the most like proud moment ever, like not not starting the podcast, like, be- but being able to edit myself out of the podcast (laughs) wow that was shit delete but no i'm kidding but um no this is something i feel like such a feat like i feel like an actual superhero being able to do this so yeah it is i'm glad you developed your hobbling power i developed my twerking and editing power like we're on top of the world babe yeah killing it unstoppable (laughs) speaking of someone who is not on top of the world right now though uh I just wanted to uh, change. Yeah, good uh, segue. Yeah, <laughs> change direction I like there. It. Um, I don't know if you like our listeners have been following the quasi like influencer slash celebrity Canadian celebrity uh, drama that's going on right now. The beef between Sasha Exeter and Jessica Mulroney. Sasha Exeter is a pretty high profile um, lifestyle influencer she's fantastic she is a black woman um absolutely love her account and what she stands for and just like everything she does um she's a single mom and most people know who jessica mulrooney is she is the wife of ben mulrooney but she is also um she's a public figure like she's often a guest host on or a guest expert, I should say, on like City Line, actually on um, Good Morning America, I believe. She has her show I Do Redo, which is about weddings. I know her because she's Meghan Markle's BFF. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I knew her. Yeah, that's part of this whole issue that's gone down. So basically, I'm not here to um, bash either one of them. Um, you know, I think that... It was. It's a really unfortunate situation to see two fairly prominent Canadian women um, having this issue with each other. Uh, I do fault Jessica Mulrooney. Um, I, I'm totally not going to be the person that's like, it was just a disagreement. It wasn't a disagreement. It was wrong what she did. She basically lashed out at Sasha Exeter who made a generic post about saying like, my friends and colleagues and just people that she that is in the same circle with her calling on the people that have a platform to say you need to do more you need to speak out you need to help out you need to use your platform Uh, absolutely nothing wrong with that she's right they do we all do and um 
for some reason, Jessica took it personally and she snapped at her, um, I think both publicly and privately. Yeah, she went, uh, I think she went on to get her like sponsors removed and, and like kind of, you know, picketed for that. Yeah, I know that she definitely behind the scenes was um, being pretty threatening um, to Sasha and Sasha came out and exposed her for that and props Which, to her. Good for her. Absolutely. Yeah. If somebody's bullying you like this, no. Like, Well, the biggest issue is that she did publicly, and I'm in air quotes, apologize on both Sasha's uh, Instagram page and on her own. Meanwhile, in the background was still like threatening her livelihood and saying like, I can have your partners or sponsors or whatever, like canceled and... Oh, I did not know that. Threatening she... her with like a libel lawsuit, where she spelled libel wrong. Did she? <laughs> but yeah, and then Sasha also exposed her for that, saying like, you know, people are giving her props for saying like, I'm sorry, I have a lot of learning to do. Meanwhile, she was bullshitting and she was still wow. threatening her. And she posted with a timestamp to say, look at when she made this apology and look at my DM. She didn't share, which is great. Like, I don't think she needs to share what like was actually stated, but she she basically paraphrased but she let everyone know like this is not real like she is still in a way like threatening me and my livelihood and um i just think it's so disappointing because you know you have two like powerful women canadian women that do have such great platforms and one of them is choosing to use hers like in the wrong way and um is is being a fraud in a way like saying I'm so sorry and I have learning to do and I'm gonna try harder and I'm gonna do better but meanwhile you're still being a snaky bitch kind of like yeah and I don't know either of these women so I mean this is just my personal opinion from the information that I have and from what I've seen and other than being really disappointed I don't hate this woman. Uh, she is human <laughs> and we make mistakes. But I do think she flexed her white privilege muscle a little bit. Uh, my opinion on it is even if Sasha wasn't a woman of color, I do think Jessica Mulroney would still have snapped that way and for some reason felt personally attacked by Sasha's um, like post and comment, which was just like, what are you talking about? This wasn't directed at you. I'm sure if she wanted to direct it at you, she would full out call you out. As she did when she needed to. After. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I just wanted to like bring it up because it was just sort of like, oh, when you have hope for change and things are like in progress and then something like that happens and it's closer to home because these are Canadian women and um, you just... You're just so disappointed. It is women against women. And it's like, yes, right now the world is in a really weird spot. But like, girls, like, let's support each other and, and not attack each other. And, and especially when... In every way we can. Yeah, especially... Like, I saw a meme and this idiot... I don't even know if it was fake, but this guy posted on Twitter, I hate when girls are like, oh my god, love you, when they haven't even met on, like, comments. And... The girls, like, went hard on him. They're like, you hate when we're being nice to each other and just, like, 
you know, you know, really took the point home. Like every girl that commented was like, nice hair, you're gorgeous. Like, and, and what the fuck is wrong with that? Like, that's how we should be treating each other. And it, there's still, it's hard enough for women as it is out there. There's no reason to like be going against each other. So that sucks. Totally. Exactly. What is wrong with that? And that's exactly why the way some women treat other women exists is because people like that was a man whether that was real or not that does exist and people are critical of like the support that women give each other give other women it's like why why first of all why do you care yeah how does this affect your life yeah it's just weird like if you supported a man we would never have a word to say about it yeah. go ahead like, why are you saying that to him like and, and other women do that too so it's really it's really unfortunate and this message is again like we cannot be doing this there is no reason to do this and it does exist in Canada it does exist in the upper circles of people it does like it just flat out exists and trying to destroy someone else's livelihood you destroyed your own I I hope that she really can learn and make changes and become a better person from this but I wonder if she'll ever have any kind of partnerships or endorsements or have any kind of like respect again. Like she, it it is social media suicide to do something like that. And that's what matters now. You can't hide from it anymore. And so this is just a lesson for everyone. Just be good. Just be nice and kind. Yeah. There's no need not to. And treat people with respect that they deserve. Live and let live. And mic drop. And mic drop. (laughs) And that was my PSA of the day. (laughs) Yes. All right. Um, no, it's good good stuff there. Thanks for sharing all <laughs> But, you know, the other thing I was thinking about, and this is, you know, kind of contributes to the episode that we will have today, in a way, is with Jess, I keep calling her Jess like she's my friend, um, <laughs> Jessica Mulrooney, she's married to Ben Mulrooney. You have to wonder, how does a partner, a husband in this situation, feel about what your wife has done like how you know I killed to be a fly on the wall in their home because obviously you're married and you want to be supportive but at the same time you're probably really disappointed or you don't understand what really happened there um he from what I've seen has been quite silent about it all because I think he has to protect his platform is he silent because he's silently supporting his wife and feels that she's well, in probably the right? both because the truth is what she did was wrong so him showing support would kill his career as well and he has you know he's a he's a big career in in Canada so that would be really bad um but then if you went public and like disgraced her then that's that's really bad too like that's a horrible look to cut your wife in public so for him to stay silent is probably his best move considering he does have like a prominent political family so you can't really be supporting any sort of like I guess racism anything that can be considered racism or discrimination his best bet would be to stay silent um and I'm sure his publicists and everyone else are like you know, advising the best way to go about it. Yeah, I just find it so interesting because I was just curious like how that would be handled in the home and would that cause issues in the relationship? You're like, what the fuck did My you do? My only information about this would be, would is from Keeping Up With The Kardashians. It always relates back to them. But like, I remember um, an ep when, remember when Kanye said slavery was not real or whatever the fuck he goes on about? And oh it showed Kim calling him when she first found out that was released, like on Twitter, I think he put it. And she's like, are you fucking joking? Like, so, 
yes, <laughs> they do get mad, I think. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. All of their stuff, every second of their day is staged or. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she behind the scenes, she might be like, are you an idiot? But in public, she has to stay neutral or stay supportive or or, you know, just stay. So who knows? But I'm sure behind the scenes, he's like, you're an idiot. Like, what are you doing now? You've lost your show. And and the truth is, I'm sure she feels really bad about that. And maybe he's not yelling at her about it because he's like, OK, you, you've lost your show. Like, you know, how you received feels. your punishment in a way. Well, you've received punishment might not be fully fitting or deserving Maybe, she, like, she deserves way worse, like, but considering she was attacking someone else's livelihood, like, now here's yours gone, so That's how's karma it feel? to its yeah. fullest. And, yeah, I mean, she, yeah, I, I, I don't know if punishment is the consequences, the consequences yeah. of you your actions. You have to face the, yeah, yeah, you have to face the music now, but it's like, at the end of the day, you have to go home and be a couple. You have to be a husband and wife. You have to be yeah. parents. Uh, you know, this was your livelihood, and... I'm sure they're fine. Not really worried about their financial stuff. No, but I mean, it's just, you know, when you think about your own life and like what's your career happen with your. Yeah. So it's still it will impact you in some way. Of course. Um, it could mean that she'll never get another yeah. like public brand job again. Um, oh, shit. This will blow over like everything else does. I'm sure it will. Uh, and I really hope she works on getting better. Uh, but it also like made me think about other like celebrity couples. Um, recently, Rach- Rachel Hollis and her husband have announced that they're splitting. Who's and that? I always find that really interesting. She's the author of "Girl, Go Wash Your Face." Oh and- yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read her yeah. books. Yeah, stop apologizing. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, she's great, uh, inspirational speaker, motivational speaker. Um, she's had a tour with like Tony Robbins. Um, uh, on motivational speaking and stuff. So uh, she's like, she's very, very public, lived her life in the public eye as well. Um, But the interesting thing is she was, her and her husband have a podcast together called Rise Podcast. And it's a lot about like relationships and marriage and how to make things work. And especially when you have like very successful businesses that you're managing. And so husband turned business partner, of course. And um, they've been together for... I can't remember. I think it was like about 16 or 18 years. Yeah, she was um, really decided, young when they met. Yeah, and they have uh, three kids. And anyway, they've decided to split. And um, I just wonder, like, what happens? And how do you deal with that when you're out there on a platform talking about, like, the importance of relationships and how to keep your marriage healthy and happy and successful through the different, like, experiences that you have and um you know depending on someone's job and like work schedule and things like that and so it's funny to me not funny but just like really interesting because here's people that are like showing that they're this like strong bonded couple but obviously behind the scenes they weren't and in her recent post where she announces the separation um she says we've been trying to work on it for a long time and yeah. we just realize it's more respectful to go our separate ways which i appreciate and like well she doesn't have to do that they don't have to share that with anybody but um i guess in a way she does because all of a sudden she's not gonna have him featured in pictures they're probably not she gonna has have their to address anymore. It. she'll look like yeah, a fraud if she just you but, know 
drops off. But that's but- fraud, exactly. But that's being like that's what I'm so curious about is like, do you does it become like important just for the business, and you have to hold up this charade totally just to continue your it's business? A part of it. Like. And same with, like, Kelly Clarkson and her husband. They've recently split. Adele and her, well, I guess they're all ex-husbands or soon-to-be ex-husbands. They've split. Like, it just, it's it's just so interesting that people, you know, one day look like they're the happiest ever and then the next day they're separating or but you they realize might have been that happy. they haven't been. And you know how it is when you have problems in relationships, um, especially when you're around other people uh, like we're not in the public eye so I couldn't even imagine what it's like to to now factor that in but you try to put on a good face because you don't want to talk about it or you you don't know how to talk about it you don't know how to address it but problems are there and I'm sure they didn't just come out of nowhere I'm sure they've been there for a while so only until like you know what to do about it can you can you really talk about it? Like this happens all the time with her, with uh, um, shocking breakups and stuff. Cause it's like, they seem so happy, but like you just really never know what's going on behind closed doors. Bottom line. Well, yeah, we don't, we don't get to see the every day, like, and we don't know them. We don't know them normally individually. We don't know them as a couple, like (laughs) as much as we think we do. But it's just if it just adds to what we're going to talk about on the show today. And that's why I brought it up, because it's sort of like maybe they were happy and yeah, they are happy in many aspects of their relationship and their lives together, but not happy enough or not fulfilled enough or something is missing. That means it's enough is missing that this relationship no longer is going to work that I don't feel like they could that she or like the woman speaking I don't feel that I can be with this person anymore or vice versa because um, outside of like really dramatic things like cheating or abuse um, and and we're gonna get into it in the show but it, it is like sometimes you just decide like I I'm just done here like we're just done as a couple we had x amount of years together great years Which we're good yeah Sometimes it's not a, a traumatic or toxic situation that leads to uh, uncoupling. Exactly. Oh, God. Gwyneth. I know. <laughs> Gwyneth. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Gwyneth. Gwyneth coined the term uncoupling. <laughs> but it's true. I, I, and I do appreciate that term because it is a verb, the split up. It is an action, the split up. You know what I mean? So I can yeah, appreciate that and- term. I think what I appreciate about this situation or these situations too is it just shows that, and again, we don't know these people. We're just using them as an example, but based on what they are sharing publicly, it doesn't seem like there was something really hideous or horrific that happened in the marriage to end it. Um, Maybe there was and we don't know, but the point is it seems like some people have just come to the realization that we're just not what we were and we don't hate each other we're not yeah so breaking up or divorcing but breaking up is something that can happen without the toxicity and nastiness and you just all around badness in a relationship some and- people let it get there and they and they get to the point where they just um, stay together till they hate each other and some people and I think this is the mature way uh, don't 
and split up and salvage uh, the respect and the love that was once there. So good for them. But it's like, no, if you're just not feeling it, then you're allowed to leave. Like you're allowed to have a breakup without having that really huge reason that people yeah. want. Like, well, what happened? Well, we just fell out of love, but we're best friends. Like, yeah. I mean, and it's hard for some people to let go. Especially absolutely. when you have invested years, time, life, money, like love. Children. Like you, you. <laughs> yeah. All that. It's really hard to to determine. Is this the time now to like walk away from my life? Like, exactly. I don't know my life without this life so yeah it's a really good um, point to walk away from your current life your life and that's what it is and that's anyone who's gone through a huge breakup knows uh exactly what that is so i think that uh it's tough but i think like like we said it's it's the mature way when sometimes you just realize that something's not working it's it's what's true to you and it's listening to your intuition which we talk a lot about um in this episode with our amazing guest um which um, we should get into, and and you guys will hear all about it as well. Yeah, we definitely uh, want to start this show now, uh, and today we have... <laughs> now. Now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. We um, get really into intuition and listening to yourself, and you don't have to have, like, a reason for other people. You need to do what's right for you. Um, so yeah, on that line. note, uh, super excited to introduce Jamie Bronston to the show. She is a relationship coach, a radio show host of Love Talk Live on LA Talk Radio. She is a blogger, an author, a wife, and a mommy. And she has been a practicing therapist for 18 years. And so from sunny California, we welcome Jamie to the show. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you. We're super excited to chat with you since you are, as we mentioned, uh, such an expert. Yeah, we really want to get into uh, the nitty gritty of like breaking up and the stigma around breaking up, especially mm -hmm. for women. Yeah. And um, for women that are in their like later 20s, 30s and 40s, especially. Oh, yeah. Anytime like besides high school and well I mean that's a whole nother slew of issues in high yeah. school but um early 20s yeah like you said Lauren when you're becoming like an, an a mature woman uh woman um there's totally a lot of stigma with breakups I'm sure you see that a lot Jamie interesting stigma um uh, I feel like I don't know I feel like we're in this world now where it's like empowering to to follow your heart and like listen to your you know listen to yourself and and yeah I mean there's so much that goes into the breakup like it's it can be sad until you move on but um I don't know I feel like in the world that we're living in now it's not really looked at you know as negative as a way as it was in the past yeah I think um and I totally do agree with you in terms of the empowerment and everything like that and I'm speaking, I went through a, like a huge life-changing breakup about four years ago when I was 27, 28. Um, so at that time, and and that is my later 20s, I am like who I am, but I've already seen how much different I would react to a breakup of that magnitude now being 31. But there was, I did find a lot of stigma around it. Not so much um, with maybe other people judging me, but from myself. That's where I think we Aww. mean stigma. Oh, 
Yes. I mean, oh God. A lot of the work that I do with my clients is uh, being kind to themselves. And, you know, any type of breakup, it's never a failure. Everything happens for a reason. And we all need to go through relationships to learn and grow. You know, if we never had a breakup, how would we appreciate when we find someone who we really mesh with well and, and the relationship mm-hmm. is, is successful? You know, there has to be the yin and the yang of life. But yeah, um, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And yes, there are a lot of people that beat themselves up for a, in quotes, failed relationship, even though I wouldn't call it a failed relationship. Yeah. And I think that's part of like the stigma right there is that people like individuals or we we think to ourselves or we think other people think that we're failures like our parents like I think a lot of people especially later on in life get into relationships and maybe they date someone for a couple years they live together maybe they have a pet like they do all the things that you would do in a long-term relationship and then uh it either ends for whatever reason and then it's sort of you feel like oh no I'm like failing at life now mm-hmm. because I couldn't can't keep a relationship yeah, I together keep a relationship and I'm an adult but I think the point for us more that we wanted to chat about is like the fact that it's okay to break up later yeah. on in life like yeah. in your later 20s in your 30s in your 40s it's okay to end a relationship just because maybe you just feel it's over for you um you know, you're just not feeling as happy, as fulfilled as you think you should be. And where, like, the, I think the problem comes from is people think, well, I'm not in a bad relationship, so why would I end it? Because I'm older, and what if I don't find someone for a long time, and people will think there's something wrong with me? Yeah, like, things or, are fine, yeah. so why mess up my whole life? Yeah. In air quotes. But we think that the message and conversation needs to change around that because we know women who've stayed in relationships. We've stayed in relationships um, just because of those facts. So we're sort of thinking like, it's okay. You don't have to stay in a relationship just because you think you have to stay in a relationship. Yeah. And I, I wanted to like kind of explore that and, and see when that kind of changed, like when it, when it be, when it did become okay, because historically, and I'm not talking back in the day, um, like, you know, in the 50s where women were like, you know, had their, you know, gender roles were a little like more defined. I'm talking about historically, like our parents age, Lauren, for example, they had you get into a relationship and then you just stay with that person forever. So like in your 20s and you're definitely by your 30s, like you've already found that person. So when did it become okay to kind of not stay with that person forever? Okay, I love everything that you guys are talking about. <laughs> um, first of all, Lauren, when we were talking beforehand, I think I might have brought up this example about a Facebook post that I saw about a mom contemplating divorce. Did I tell you about that? Yeah, you did, actually. Okay, yeah. Okay, so recently there was this mom in this, I don't know if it was an LA mommy's group or a San Diego mommy group, I don't know. She posted that she's contemplating a divorce and her husband, I think we did talk about this. Her husband is a, he's a nice guy. She's just not in love with him. However, like she has these kids and she just doesn't know what to do, but she's really not happy. And most of the comments, and this was, it was, I could just sense this fear from all of these women that were commenting. And it sounds exactly like what you're saying. 
this like, well, don't leave because maybe you won't find somebody else. And most of them were actually like that. It's just this fear vibe. And, but towards the top and then like right near where I commented, um, were more along the lines of how I think and believe and know that you have to just honor how you feel. It doesn't matter what is on paper. It doesn't matter who thinks what. If you're not happy, that's the bottom line. And very, very often people feel lonelier in a relationship where they're not happy rather versus being single and feeling lonely. You know, because at least when you're single, there's like that, well, I hope there's that hope. Like, ooh, I'm gonna, when am I going to meet him, you know? Um, but when you're in a relationship, it's, it's really like jail. And I, I try to help people to free themselves from themselves, like from their own voices in their mind and free themselves from anything that is holding them back from living their best life. Life is too, too short to do anything and be anywhere that you that you don't want to be that doesn't align with what truly makes you happy. Okay, so this is I think you raise a really good point there. So like sometimes we find ourselves in these relationships that seem like jail, but like we willingly put ourselves there, but then when we're single, it's like it's pretty freeing because you're kind of living your life the way you want literally every day. Like obviously there are some bouts of, you know, you miss the the usual relationship moments and stuff like that, but why like how does that happen how do we become in these jail-like situations in relationships why how do we when do we stop being true to ourselves and what we want and I think you also kind of address some of that when you say that in that example that you gave of that woman contemplating divorce is that you read the comments and they were all kind of fear-based and I think that's what happens like to your point Jess why is is that that scary to live your life because I think we live in a society and Jamie please like you know correct me if I'm wrong yes give your expert yes because you are the expert we are not Um, we are mostly speaking on just our own personal experiences and what we've seen in our social group but we live in a society now that still like says to women if you don't find a man by a certain time frame you have not accomplished what you're supposed to accomplish as a woman yeah, in life like totally it I, I still think obviously it's changing um and thankfully and we're so here for that but I think we're still very much in a society where like if a younger woman like between 25 and 30 has not found a partner to settle down with then you are kind of criticized in society. Yeah. Well, luckily we do live in a society where, in a world now, where people are getting married later. But yeah, yeah. I mean, a long yeah. time ago, if you weren't married by 25, 30, then you were like a grandma. But also, it's so, it's amazing that we live in this world where we can freeze our eggs now, you know? And I, I just believe that everything is meant to be, if you aren't living a fear-based life, then you will be allowing for the flow of what is to come. You know, if you settle because of the fear and you then you'll end up in a relationship where you're just not happy. And you were saying something before about like, how does this even happen? Like, how do we end up in relationships where we're not happy? And it's just so simple. It's because we're not listening to ourselves. We're yeah, listening so, so to true. other people people, family, friends, society, what's on paper, who knows, but 
you know, it's so interesting. We've been looking around LA at different places. And now that I've been, I've always been an intuitive person. Um, I attribute it to the fact that I'm a Pisces and also my dad's spiritual. I don't know. Maybe it's genetic. I don't know. Um, but over the past few years, I've really been studying my, um, I've been studying spirituality and really getting in touch with my intuition. I believe we all have an intuition. It's just, it's a muscle. And I was telling my husband that like it's going in, into these different apartments, these different condos, it's like, it's a clear yes or no. And that is such a good way to live life. And so with dating, the more you practice your intuition, it's going to be such more of a clear yes or no. Like I always say, if there's any doubt, it's a no. If you have to talk yourself in or out of anything, it's a no. It's so simple, but people make it so much more complex. We really do. Like it yeah. is always like more of the simplest answer and solution. But again, I think that goes back to like society's influences and like yeah. what is happening in your social group. Like are, are you the only single person or if you were to break up with your partner, you'd be the only single person in your entire friend group. So and you, that weighs. That yeah, weighs it does. On you. And, and you become like judgmental of yourself. But like yeah. you're right. Like it shouldn't really matter because at the end of the day, you have to live with you and you have to live with your choices. They don't really affect your parents or your friends. Obviously, when I'm, I say this, when I talk about like relationships, um, but yeah, like you're the one at the end of the day that has to go to bed at night with those choices and, and well, be comfortable yeah. with it. And that or wrong not. person maybe. Yeah. And so I, I, I guess the next question is how come we are so like, resistant to that simplicity I think that it has to do with evolving and maturing and growing up I really do I think you know when you're younger it it is a lot harder if your friends are all in relationships because there's just an aspect of like an insecure aspect but as we get older and we get more empowered and we get to know ourselves more and and we I, I also feel like as you get older, you do realize that you understand the concept that life is short. And that is usually a motivating factor. Like, yeah. there's so many books about and, and speeches about how death helps us. The thought of death helps us live. <laughs> and it's just so true. Um, not that when you're 30 or 40, like, you're close to death or anything. Um, God, I hope not. As yeah. you've had more life, <laughs> but as you've had more life experiences and you've lived life, for a longer amount of time, you do understand that you really, just bottom line, you just really have to do what's good for you. And also, I'm just thinking back to college yeah. and, and high school. And it is, you, you have that feeling like you do want to be part of the pack. And, you know, I remember I transferred, I went to Indiana University for my first two years of college, and I went to Boston University for my second two years. And I loved the feeling of, because it was more like city-esque, and it wasn't like everybody packed as a herd and like everybody has to go to the same fraternity party I remember feeling like you know what I might just not go out one night but that's okay because it's more of like an independent lifestyle anyway and I, and I liked that so and life still went on and you still had friends and yeah yeah it just it doesn't it doesn't matter and but it, it is a thing that as we get older we we learn it's just easier to honor ourselves more yeah. I do notice that now, like going through, um, like I said, that huge breakup when I was 27, 
And then going through, like now, when I date guys, like I'm not getting into any year-long or or long-term relationships until I know because I'm not doing that again. I don't want to go through that upheaval. So I did find like, and that's been four years. So now I'm in my early 30s and I'm finding a lot more ease because I think that I am more comfortable with listening to myself and and trusting myself and and I feel powered enough to not just like slip into that but I will say like it is it is weird like knowing on the back of my in the back of my head there's a biological clock ticking my friends are married like you know so so two things play but I think overall um I try not to listen you know, to that, to the back, that little voice that says, go have a baby, you know what I mean? And just with any old man, like old man, well, (laughs) I didn't mean old man, (laughs) Gotta check his sperm first. like any old guy. Well, yeah. Like even for me, Jess, in the past year, like I've noticed that you have made that change in yourself where you have become a lot more comfortable in what you want to do and making decisions for you and not worrying so much about it because yeah like a year and a bit ago you were like oh my god I'm single now and like I I don't know when I'm not going to be single and what if I want to have kids and I think you've just really decided like it is okay to be single yeah if I want to be single and when I'm ready to find someone and settle down with someone, I will. And like you had, like you were dating as we've talked about on the show lots of times, you like were dating for a while and you were happy doing that too. So yeah, that was actually really fun. So I just would like if to anybody being in fear of, of leaving a relationship for being single, like that was like the best part. (laughs) Like go for it. I recommend it. Yes. (laughs) I, I love now that I'm in a relationship, I very much miss a lot of aspects of being single, like doing whatever the hell I wanted anytime. Yeah. With anyone. Like, you know what I mean? Not that I'm like having a hard time not screwing everyone, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's so hard. I can't resist. <laughs> I didn't meet my husband until I was 34. And I remember in my 29th year, I just told myself, I'm just going to fucking live it up <laughs> because I feel like you I go girl for that for a while. I had gone through a period of, I don't know, just trying to be so not perfect, but just more. Okay. Like we're not gonna have sex until the, not like third specifically. Yeah. Third date. Third date. <laughs> I just, I allowed myself to be freer and I'm like, I'm this empowered woman. I'm living it up because this is the time to really live it up. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I didn't start like becoming like a coke addict or like I wasn't like crazy, nothing like that. I'm I'm seriously like a very I'm conservative esque. I'd say those I don't are know. two different ends of the spectrum. I just I don't want you guys to think like that I start that I like became like a cokehead or something. That's not what I'm saying. Oh God, we that do not, not where judge. My brain went. Even if you did, go for it. Whatever yeah. makes you happy, as no, long as you're well, like I, okay. I, I that is because literally, I remember this moment. I was at a club and it was like really. It was like late it was probably like I don't know one in the morning two Marie. I don't remember but I remember like the music was going and I was just thinking like okay you know what I had this shift in attitude like instead of being sad about being single this is great and yes I can go to bed whenever I want and I don't have to wake up there are no responsibilities blah 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 so I really yes I made that shift and I really think that that is that the best thing that any single person can do is to Mm -hmm. just enjoy the moment. And anytime you do, this is my message to single people out there. We were talking about like having the breakup and kind of being sad. And anytime that anybody is 
single and they're just contemplating like, ooh, maybe I should just settle and, you know, just remember that last relationship that you were in where you weren't happy and it really wasn't fun going through the breakup. So just do everything you can to, like I remember saying, this is my last breakup ever and then I'd have a breakup and then like the next one, like never doing this again. Um, Because it's not, breaking up is not fun at all. So the best thing you can do is just to always honor yourself and listen to your heart, listen to your intuition. Yeah. And I mean, I think, and I just want to be clear, we're not promoting like every woman go break up with their boyfriend or people break up um, with their partner and and, and their relationships just because you had a bad day or you had a fight once. (laughs) But I think it comes down to like that really deep feeling of like, I know I could feel happier. I know I could feel more fulfilled. I know I could feel more like alive. I know there's something else out there, whether that's being single or with someone else. Um, So we're not promoting like just dump your person because you just... But some people we are promoting. Well, some people we are. (laughs) You know if you're in a (laughs) shitty relationship. But yeah, we're just saying like... If it's a toxic relationship. Yeah, Yeah. definitely toxic. if it's a toxic relationship or abusive in any way, that's completely different. Like obviously you need to get out of that relationship by any means possible which we also know that's a lot easier said than done but no we're talking more about just like exactly living your truth if you don't feel like a hundred percent if you don't feel like this person is contributing to your like end goal and yeah like what you want to see for the rest of your life then it's okay to leave that relationship like you don't have to settle and don't worry about what society says about it or what you think society or your friends are gonna say or Or your mom or or your parents whoever yeah like because again at the end of the day they're not the ones gonna that are gonna live the life like you have to be comfortable in the decisions you make so we just wanted to like make sure that people got that message because I think that people don't and it's um I think it's a hard thing and I know for me and some of the relationships that I was in in the past if I kind of heard a conversation like this if I had other women being like live your truth do what's right for you the world will not collapse in on itself hell will not freeze over (laughs) if you leave this person even though they're like good you're friends it's cool you're it's a decent relationship you don't hate each other it isn't toxic but you're just not feeling like a hundred percent i feel i would have left those relationships a lot sooner and been better off sooner because that's not advice that you that's not readily given yeah that you hear often that that is ever out there like even in movies like that's just not the narrative that is usually laid out and actually um and and side note though when we said uh don't don't worry about what those people say you know, your mom, whoever, they're always going to have an opinion no matter what you're freaking doing. So literally yeah. do not worry about that. But Jamie, you, you know, and Lauren, you guys are talking about this intuition and I just don't think I have it. Like Lauren, I know you for sure have like a sixth sense. Like, <laughs> Wait, hold on. Before we move on to intuition, okay, it's my favorite topic, oh, okay. can I just say one more thing? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, tell us all on. the things. Okay. Anybody who is contemplating a breakup or a divorce Just know that it's going to be uncomfortable, but you can find a way to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, and, and what that means is basically being uncomfortable and, and going through like, let's just call them growing pains, you know, just going through uncomfortable situations in life. It's part of life. And to not try to not feel sad or frustrated or 
whatever you're feeling as you go through a breakup, but just embrace however you're feeling and allow yourself to feel it because you have to, in order to get past anything, you have to go through it. You have to move through it. So yeah, you have to feel the feels. Yes. And just, so basically just get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it will be, however, the reward is so worth it. And the only other thing that I was going to say about that is take action. You know, just, you can't, in order to get past this uncomfortable first step in a breakup, just take action. Just take a little step. You know, mm-hmm. go maybe go to therapy, and that's a very safe place to like get everything on the table. Um, but just take. Although, you mean couples therapy yes. or individual therapy, well, actually both. or both? Both. I was actually thinking couples therapy. Well, individual can like help you get clear and like empower you and everything, obviously. But um, couples therapy, like in in that session, you will have it's a safe space. You'll get everything on the table. And so it just kind of like starts the conversation. You know, whatever you need to do, just take a small action in the right direction. Yeah, it could be like something simple like, you know, just asking for your one small behavior of your partner to change. Like anything like that. But I like I like how you say to um, go to therapy. Like why is that so you know, stigmatized in in its own. Like that is always a problem for people to get there too, I think. Yeah, I think some couples, like there's you, from the people, like again, drawing on our experiences, from people that have been in situations where like their relationship is in a tough spot, there's often one person that wants to go to therapy and one person that's like, Mm -hmm. no way, I would never go to therapy. And like from what, again, my experience, it's usually the male that says, yeah, like, I'm not same. going to therapy. I don't need therapy. Like, so, I mean, it's, and I think that's another red flag. Also, Clearly. if you're already feeling yeah. like I'm not loving this relationship, but I'm still willing to try, I'm going to put a little bit more effort or like, this is a last ditch effort to try and, um, like save the relationship. Maybe I can find that love again or whatever. And then the person's yeah. like, no, I don't want to go to therapy. We're fine. Nothing's wrong. And it's like that's either, an answer. Yeah. That's either, okay, you've, you've answered it yeah. for me. You've sealed yeah. the deal or you, I don't know, try and convince them to go. But like, yeah. why, why do you yeah. think that is Jamie? Like how come somebody is so like resistant to therapy? Yeah. It's always so interesting. I think it's their own, their own fear of just getting in touch with, their feelings and or being blamed maybe or like you know having to be accountable yeah yeah a lot of yeah a lot of people feel like the therapist on is on like one of one side or the other which that's just bust their souls it's not a good therapist because a good therapist like would make would be objective and make both people feel well they probably aren't (laughs) it's probably like you know that person's being defensive yeah they feel that way like Right. I mean, and that's a problem in a relationship. If someone is not comfortable sharing their feelings and working on things, yeah. then that's just not yeah. a good relationship anyway. But also, like I was saying, for therapy, like not necessarily even to go to make it better, to go to just have a place to just be really honest. Because sometimes it's as that first step, you know, because sometimes it's hard to just sit in a room, just you and your guy and just say what you need to say it, it could be really scary for some people it's hard sure. to be really vulnerable yeah yes but once you start practicing it's the best it's the best well 
I, I imagine that that would be really helpful, not only for the relationship, but also for the individual. Like if the, if the therapist identifies an issue and, and you fix that, then that would be really, I think, healing for yourself and, and then the relationship as well. Right. Yeah. And so like when you, with your clients, like you are a relationship coach, um, so how do you manage that? Like when you you obviously play a neutral role, but if someone like a couple comes to you and one party is very like just like I said, resistant to really receiving the help, receiving the therapy, like how do you deal with that or what would you say to the other person in the relationship? Like if you can sense that they're like defensive or don't think that you're going to be able to help them or don't want to open up, like what what is some advice that you would give to somebody in that situation? And also to probably, though, to give them credit, um, if they're there, that's obviously sh- some indication that they're willing to try, right? So you maybe half your job's already done. It's it, everything. Every situation is so different. But um, this is mm-hmm. ma- it makes me think about how I worked with kids at one point. Um, but not a lot. I never really wanted, I love children. Like I'm obsessed with my son. He's almost five. Like, oh my God, can't get enough of him. Um, however, <laughs> I feel ya. the reason why I don't really want to work with children in this way is because most children don't want to go to therapy. Their parents make them go and they don't want to talk about it. And like, I love my job so much. I want to work with people that want to do the work and heal and get to a better place and live their best life. And so in a situation in a situation like that i would not i would not necessarily make a couple come i wouldn't i mean we're all adults you know like this is an if there's an adult who just really doesn't want to go to therapy there's not i don't really have the motivation to yeah. um force somebody to no, change totally. or do the work if they don't want to that's not my role so i would just say to the other party let's say because it's usually like let's say on average it's the girl that wants to go and the guy that doesn't let's yeah that's what we're talking about um I would just say you know what um if he doesn't want to go then that's his decision like he's an adult you can't make anybody do anything and if like let's say she is somebody who did want to make things work and he doesn't want to work on it that's like the biggest red flag you can ever possibly see <laughs> enough said yeah yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I think if, if they're just like I, – I was more coming from the standpoint of like maybe it's a situation where the person's like, I think we're great. I'm happy to work on it, but just you and me. And the other person, usually the woman, is like, no, I think we need therapy because we start talking and I can never get my points across. I need that neutral party. I need like a mediator kind of thing. And I don't feel like you listen to me properly when it's just one-on-one. So obviously there's a lot of different um, scenarios and dynamic relationships. But I guess what it does come down to is if if they love you and they do want to work it out with you, they should be willing to at least try therapy. Well, and try if, what you need from yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Like if they aren't, if they're completely unwilling to try what you want to try to save the relationship, even if it's like one session, like come with me for one session and they're just like flat out no, then I think that also is the writing on the wall because 
in a relationship, it's all about compromise and understanding and doing some things that you don't want to do for your partner's yeah. happiness. And, and yeah, so if they're just like completely like resistant to going to um, a relationship coach or couples therapy, then they're probably not the right person for you. And I think we mean like after there's problems, not like... Yeah, not at the beginning of the nice honeymoon stage. Like, will you come to a relationship coach with me just because? Just because. Like, <laughs> because, you know, maybe some people, I don't know, Jamie, do you ever find people, do people only come to you when the relationship is at the breaking point? No, actually, as we're talking, I just remembered I had a client years ago in Chicago and she started dating this guy. I think they had known each other maybe two weeks or something, gone on a few dates and they came in for a session. What? Were you like, what the hell are you doing here? No. There's barely a relationship to speak of. No, I thought it was oh. so brilliant because they had, you know, different people. Sometimes in three weeks, people could spend 5,000 hours together and sometimes they've gone on two dates if they're both busy. Who knows? Or one date. Um, but this couple, these two people had spent a lot of time together in those three weeks. So they were kind of getting into this like deepness and so I was like, you know what? Nip it in the bud, because things yeah. were things were coming up. And I was like, let's just let's just do this. And the guy was like slightly resistant, but then he came there. I always say, tell the guy that's gonna be fun. So, yeah, I don't think I think that it's been it's all over the board in my experience, all over the spectrum of people coming in, kind of right at the beginning ish. Um, but I definitely I highly recommend not waiting until it's really bad. And I want to bring yeah. up something else about one of you. One of you had said something. One of them said, "You know, I don't really think there's a problem." And I was talking to a friend of mine recently. We were catching up and just talking about how it's been like during this time period with quarantining and everything. And she told me, and she and her husband, they they ultimately have a very good relationship. I do think that they have a very solid great relationship however they've definitely gone to therapy before um and she told me the story that at one point she said um or maybe she was even on the phone when we were talking and she said something like no we're good like we had a blip for a little bit like I, I took a she goes I took a dip for a little bit or the relationship took a dip for a little bit throughout the quarantine and he said he had no idea <laughs> oh so communication is is definitely key like it's very interesting that he didn't see anything as a problem, but apparently she But not did. surprising, unfortunately. Yeah. I think I a lot of the time people can get off on the, the same page. Yeah. You know what's interesting about you saying that actually is I think that off, not often, but like there is people in relationships that are in the same relationship, but also in two different relationships. <laughs> like the one partner is like, oh, this is my relationship. If they were to describe it to somebody else, yeah. they would describe, you know, XYZ and then the other would per person would describe ABC and it's like and then when you get them together and it's like you you're both you're not telling the same story <laughs> of your relationship there? like are, what relationship are you in and what relationship are yeah. you in and so that's actually a really interesting thing to um, think about too because I think people forget that and they're kind of like well maybe we aren't communicating as well as we thought we were and like I didn't know you felt this way and then the other person's like well I didn't know you felt this way and it's because nobody's saying anything yeah and also I think a lot of the times like I find myself 
kind of like dealing with the situation, dealing with the situation, then I kind of explode. So it's like, I think the individual needs to make sure that they're practicing good communication because if you are not communicating your needs, that person is not a mind reader. So like, how are they expected to, to just know if you're not saying anything? Right. So yeah. I think it comes down to a lot of the time with like individual communication um, skills, basically. I think that, well, what I've seen is a lot of times the reason why men and women feel differently about the relationship or describe it differently is because they have different needs in a way. Well, in a lot of ways. But specifically, I have couples and I'll see that the woman is clearly not happy and the guy seems to be like, no, this is okay. I could like do this forever. And the woman's like, this is really like not what I wanted. And I'll ask a question. Okay, go back. When you were, and guys, when guys are little, they don't really think about getting married, you know? That's more of a girl thing. But even like, okay, when you're older, when you just you get older, you, you imagine what marriage would be like. And I'll just ask, is this how you imagined it? Like, is this what you want? And sometimes, and then guys a lot of times have an aha moment because they had been previously just comfortable, you know, in the relationship. Okay, I can do this forever. And then when they really start to think about it, they realize that, no, you know, yeah, it's, it's okay, but it's definitely not what they want for a marriage either. So that's where we're kind of talking about, like, when relationships end, not because of some horrible event or, you know, like that big last fight. It's like things, be, people become comfortable and maybe they're just not okay. And then they, yeah, until you kind of put them in the position to visualize or yeah. recall what they maybe hoped for as a person. Or at least just, person. like, think about it. Yeah. Like, is this really the way you want to spend the next yeah. 30 or 40 years or however many years. Like you could. You could because, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You're surviving. It's, yeah. it's yeah, comfortable. Surviving. You don't hate each other. You're not yeah. fighting every day. But you're kind of just coexisting at that point. And yeah. is that what you want for, again, all those many more years to come? Do you want to just coexist or do you want to be as close to like euphoria as you can possibly get with the person and yeah. share every like joy and moment? And like we're under no like illusion that relationships are always rainbows and butterflies they are not that's not normal either like we're human we have those relationships are not good (laughs) yeah they're not real Well, they don't exist and like we've talked a lot about that on our shows too with um like this idea of you know just the fairy tale romance and being the princess and the prince and we're also just against that anyway because you know, that's it's bullshit. That's, yeah, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's just a really interesting thing to say to your partner. And I don't think I would have ever thought to say that to mine. It's like, is this what you pictured? Is this what you wanted when you thought about like, oh, when I choose someone to spend my life with, this is how I envision it. Me sitting on the couch every night mm-hmm. and watching TV and she's upstairs watching something else yeah. and we barely see each other. And no, we're not fighting, but we're also not like thriving thriving yeah exactly i like you said thriving because i always say that it's that you want to be thriving in a relationship and not just surviving not just drive to thrive through every day like oh i got through this day and here's another day but thriving and and learning and growing together having new experiences together i had this couple on my show i'm 
making a documentary about couples who are in love, essentially. And who are in love? Yes, if you guys know of any couples, I would cool. love to interview them. Anyhow, um, and me and cu- my husband. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me and my boyfriend. Depends on the day. I can. We can do it over Zoom. And if and by the way, if anybody out there is listening that wants to either be interviewed or you know somebody, um, I'm in the research phase. I'm calling it. So I'm just interviewing couples right now. You don't have to actually be in the documentary, um, but you do have a. You'll have a I'll be video <laughs> recording of this interview so that you can watch it forever saying all these wonderful things about each other and yeah that's a little pitch oh, for my I like this um yeah so yeah, let's, plug it plug it yeah let's definitely talk about that um but oh so I had this couple on my show who they definitely are potentially couples for my documentary and the guy was saying that sometimes this is getting back to how it's important to have new experiences and like and not do the same thing all the time. And he said sometimes he will, like, instead of taking a right out of the driveway, he'll take a left out of the driveway. And their whole relationship is like that. Like, they, they together go to different restaurants, and they make sure that they're not doing the same thing all the time. And for our brains and our hearts and our souls, it's really important to to do that in a relationship, to have new experiences. Absolutely. Together. Yeah. Not together. You know, just as a human being. And so if you are doing the same thing all the time... Bless her soul. This is reminding me of, or bless their soul. My sister-in-law, she she said that she's spent some time, like they, they live in Arizona, but sometimes they would go to Chicago for the summers and stay with her parents. And they just, it's the same thing every day. Like, where's the sweet in law and the coffee in the morning? Like the same thing every single day. And her parents are still married and they're fine, you know, but they don't fight or anything. But she's just saying that she doesn't want to live a life that's so monotonous and... and Mm-hmm. The same routine every It's not day. for everyone. Yeah, and that's interesting because some people thrive in a yeah. routine and, and yeah. really strive to have that, like, regular routine because that's where they feel safe and that's yeah. where they feel comfortable. comfortable. But then you're kind of comfortable. Like, you're in – I think you become – in like on a fine line there because now are you just comfortable and you're you feel safe so you would don't want to shake things up because if you do you know that this world that you've developed could come crashing down on you but really you're the rest of you is screaming for change is screaming to shake it up but you're battling internally with that like okay if I shake it up I may lose the comfortability but if I don't shake it up I'm losing myself yeah. And some people aren't like that at all, though. Some people love that um, <laughs> monotonous life. Like m- monotony doesn't necessarily have to be a negative word if that's what you like. Um, maybe routine is better. But yeah, when you find that the relationship is like stagnant, stagnant, but also it's like you have to sacrifice a what you want to have that relationship, I think that's a, a clear indicator right there. Yeah, I think whatever works for everybody, and I'm not I'm not judging a couple who they want to have the same routine every day for the next 50 years. However, are they really happy? That's my question. Yeah, yeah no, you know? I completely agree. Are you really happy? Yeah. If they can really say, like, oh, I am so, like, this is my peace, this is my joy, and I could not be happier – then more power to them that is so wonderful. And I just want everybody to be happy in this world. You know, I'm just saying that on average, what I've seen and and what I know is that having new experiences together, like I said, it's good for your brain, your heart, your whole whole body. It's growth. Your whole experience. 
Okay, I feel bad because we were we were about to talk about intuition. That was like eight hours ago. So we can talk about intuition. <laughs> no, we all now. we talked about some no. really good stuff yeah. there too. I mean, I still like I I really love this part of the conversation though too because I think that um, it's interesting that people would find like joy and like um, happiness in call it monotony or routine because if you think about most people's lives it is already monotonous in every other aspect like you go to work like you spend your eight or nine hours at your job and then you come home you do a commute like obviously not everybody lives that life but I think the majority of the population in North America is like a nine to five like if you're looking at a pie chart it's probably like 75 percent live that nine to five style probably more yeah and and so it's like do you really want monotony in your relationship too like when do you ever want to experience some excitement or like shake up um so i do think don't i but i i would really question that like i would really say like do i I think it goes back to like do you really not want that or are you you just afraid of it yeah because yeah scared yeah Yeah. because i i think it's so easy to be comfortable yeah it's very easy to get comfortable it's very hard to get uncomfortable yeah and sometimes uncomfortable doesn't have have to have that negative connotation with it either like you're uncomfortable when you're on a roller coaster and about to yeah. like fly down at a For million sure. miles per hour but you're excited about it and you're it's, also thrilled and yeah you're also yeah. anticipating and you know it's going to be fun yeah. if that's a lot of exhilaration that like. exhilaration exciting exactly so, so i would really question the people that say like no i really enjoy my monotonous lifestyle that where monotony touches every single aspect of my life. Yeah, because I am a someone that's 100% I love my routine. I love I feel like I thrive better with my routine because then I can ensure that I'm um, being productive, but you're right, that is only for like my work day. But then yeah. I have my whole evenings where there's no routine, like you know well, you're I mean? not a sit-still person, so you definitely yeah. don't love monotony and No, routine. I don't love monotony, but I love, like, okay, I, I like knowing what I have to do. I have to wake up, I have to go to work, but then afterwards I have free time, my freedom, which I don't have any monotony attached to. So you're right. I thought... And you have your podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we, we have, have a lot of fun things. But, but... Yeah, I was going to say creativity is such a great way to not have monotony. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I have a million hobbies. Like, I, you're right. I'm not a sit-still person, but routine... Okay, maybe monotony can have a negative connotation, but routine doesn't necessarily have to have a negative connotation because I need my routine. Yes. And then... Well, that keeps you, like, balanced and grounded. Yeah. But um, I like having... My outlets, my yeah. hobbies, my friends, you know, obviously. But I think that's another interesting thing, too, because, and we've kind of touched on this on the, uh, previous episodes, is that I think that's another thing people, like, get afraid of doing is they lose their individuality. They lose their, what they would ha- normally have as an outlet, their creativity, yes. the things that they like to do, just them. Yeah. Because if you oh, don't yeah. live your own life, if you don't have your own interests, your own friend groups, your own hobbies. alone time, hobbies, yeah. any, like, things just for you then that is going to affect a relationship too because you're not even your own person either anymore. you become dependent on that yeah. other person or if they are if they operate that way they become dependent on you and they expect you to fulfill every single aspect of their lives their entertainment their emotional state their mental state their like all the states anything like support yeah all the whatever states you can get in so <laughs> i think if you find yourself in a relationship again you're comfortable it's not bad you're like seemingly happy on the surface you feel fine 
but you're like, oh, I used to play sports and I used to draw and I used to go for drinks every Tuesday with my girlfriends. Like I, I don't do any of that stuff now because all my energy goes to my partner. Like that might be another red flag to say, is this really the relationship that you want to be in? But, but again, I think it's hard for people to see those red flags if they don't feel completely unhappy. Like if they're not in a toxic or abusive relationship, they don't, it's hard to separate. Like, am I truly happy or am I just comfortable? Yeah. I bet you see that a lot. And then this is a perfect way in which we can start to trust our intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I think... Except that I have, to, I have to say two things. We don't have to move on. I, I just mean, like, this This is all part of it, right? Like, well, intuition is all part of it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two things, but these are going to be two fast things because last time they were two long things. But Okay. Two things. <laughs> I love that you just said you were talking about losing yourself because it happened. This is part of the problem. This, like, when you feel like yeah. you've lost yourself and you stop... Oh, perfect segue into intuition for actually both the things I'm going to say. When you feel like you, you're not even in touch with what makes you happy, what used to make you happy, what truly makes you happy, what you really like to do, and that is so natural and it happens a lot of times in relationships. So that's definitely a good message for your listeners to just make sure you don't lose yourself. And if you find yourself losing yourself, then do whatever you need to do to get back to yourself. And okay, but back up for one this... quick sec. Like, how do oh, we yeah. know when that's happening? Because sometimes it's not clear. Like, you just wake up and you're like, what the hell have I done for the last five years with this person? Like, you have already lost yourself. So, like, how do you – Can you? is there, like, checks that we can do? Like, a mental check for our relationship. Is this happening? You know, like – Yeah, something that you can incorporate into your just, like, regular – Your mental checks, like, yeah. Self-talk. Scan, yeah. Yes. It takes five years to, like – if you're not careful to really, you can lose yourself. You kind of assimilate into them, you know, basically. Um, and I am writing a book and I'm talk, and I talk about dating personas and one of them is the chameleon and that's the person that basically just, it's the girl that goes into, she meshes into whatever the new guy is. Yeah. She doesn't know herself well enough. Um, so this all goes along with what we're talking about. And so it would feel uncomfortable. But yeah, this is a different uncomfortable than the uncomfortable feeling you will go through having a breakup. This is, this doesn't feel aligned with me. You know, just being self-aware. Why am I saying this or why am I doing this or why am I not doing this? Whatever that is. is okay, oh, this is because of this guy that I'm with and this is not me this is his thing this is not me so ideally you would catch it right away and make sure that whatever that is or that's not to that it won't continue but it is it, it creeps up on you because yeah like it I does Anderson said it can all of a sudden it's five years later and you yeah. lost yourself and luckily we can always get back to ourselves just take some work um, yeah but yeah I mean ideally you would you would just be really cognizant from the beginning. Like, does this does this feel like me? And if I'm, or am I not doing, like you were saying, am I not doing things that I used to do that I love? Uh, I love singing. And this is not, this has nothing to so do with. Jess. This has nothing to do with Brian, because Brian, we used to go karaoke and he would support me all the time. Um, however, this is a good example. Like, I love singing, but with 
being married and having a child, I don't do it as much as I would like to. And singing for me is something that brings me such joy and reminds me of my soul and, and just who I am. And so even if it's something like that, or I'll give you an example of my husband and I were very different and he doesn't like, like I remember at the beginning of the relationship, we were at a grocery store and he's like, don't bother those people. Like something about like getting in line or something. I'm like, we're not bothering anybody. We're just very different. Like I am the nicest person in the world, but he's like, takes it to the next level. Um, (laughs) And so I've, I've, I've definitely found myself in the past being like, oh, I don't want to, oh, I'm sorry. You know, like I don't want to bother, you know, whatever. And that's very not me because I I like to advocate for myself and do what's good for me and it's not hurting anybody else. So So you like absorbed his kind of characteristic there. But at least it's not like that's a that's a good one. Yeah, that's a that's a like not the worst one to absorb there. And I I have to cognizantly I have to constantly be very cognizant of no, like I'm a good person. Nobody's getting offended because I'm getting in line or whatever. So that is a personal example of something so small, but it's kind of big. Yeah. Well, because it kind of changes the outcome of, of interactions for you. But I think there's a difference between, you know, changing your life and sacrificing all the things that you like. And then, of course, people that you're closer with will rub off on you in certain ways. So if it's positive traits and and not bad, then it's who cares, right? It's not a big deal. Um, but but I think it's, you know, obviously detrimental when you do start to lose. Like if you weren't singing because he didn't like it, that would be a totally different situation, right? right? Or That's if he right. wanted you to get a new hobby that he had too. Yeah. I mean, we, we know, like, we know women that are really, really like that. Like they get with someone the new. The chameleon, like and you said. Totally. And they become interested in all these things that their partner their boyfriend is interested in that they never were interested in yeah and, for, and only though like yeah, they're not doing their other stuff they too. shut off their relationships with their like girlfriends like they they choose that though for some people and yeah. like we don't need to like go down that um rabbit hole right now because like that is a whole other conversation yeah but, and like, we it's also just, think no that that's not like the healthiest thing to do no so. it, of course not yeah. but um it's just interesting to like experience people that are like that and that they are like okay I guess it's because they don't have their own identity or maybe they're not uh, have never really been sure of who they are and what they want for themselves so it's a lot easier to absorb somebody else's because yeah. it's already mapped out for you it's like well he likes golf he likes football he likes going to the steakhouse and he likes whatever and then you're like I can like all those things too because I don't really know what I like I don't know what speaks to me because I don't know myself because I'm too afraid to get to know myself and like and again there's a difference between like supporting your partner and like going golfing with him because he likes it but then also now like not doing your anything volleyball that you did did. like yeah yeah. so I do I do think there is a a fine line between you know support and sacrifice and maybe not necessarily a fine line there's a line um but it's also like yeah and again to be like the devil's advocate of that of our own points is that you do want to also like your partner's interests and hobbies too and vice versa but you don't have to but you don't have to <laughs> yeah so we're saying yeah. we, we're saying everything yeah. every point is what we're saying do what and works back for you. to intuition <laughs> if you're not confused yet yeah you are <laughs> and in terms of like relating this to not losing yourself and your intuition 
just always, you know, check in with yourself. Just you were saying that you feel like, I think you were asking, how do you get in touch with your intuition? Yeah, because I like don't have that at all. I know that everyone says that everyone has it, but I really, I don't walk into a space and like feel things or when it comes to a situation, (laughs) I'll sit there for like a hundred hours, be like, what do I do? And like ask all my friends to tell me what to do because I don't know, you know, like help me. (laughs) Help me. There are so so many different ways. I would just say, just like I was saying before, like with anything in life, just start to take action. So you could even practice when you're ordering something that's my worst one. Can we try something else? <laughs> That's the hardest no, thing. No, Jess, you have to face it. No. Take action. No. <laughs> this can work, okay? Okay. You, you can sit there at the fucking table, I don't care, and you say, what do I really want? Like, what am I really in the mood for? I don't even need to ask the waiter or waitress what the best thing on the menu is. It doesn't matter. What do I, what am I really in the mood for? Take away what's the healthiest <sighs> or whatever. What am I really in the mood for? What do I want to eat right now? Jess will always say sushi, though. Yeah, but if sushi's good because then I get a bit of everything, so I'm not really deciding, right? Okay, well, this restaurant doesn't have sushi. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, if she's at McDonald's, she would not say sushi. Um, so you can start, just start on a daily basis checking in with yourself. How do I feel? How do I feel about this? Um, you can okay. also start I can do to, that. you can start journaling, which if it's not a practice that you do, that you're already doing, I don't, I'm not like a, you don't have to start to do it every day or anything, but if there is something that you're not quite sure about how you feel about it, you don't know what to do, you just kind of start writing about it. I actually, oh, here's another plug. I just wrote a whole article for this publication called Positively Positive. It's all about decision making and pretty much interlaced throughout the whole article, I talk about how to make a decision and essentially making a decision is getting in touch with your intuition. That's the best way to make a decision. Yeah. Plug that right on over to me, please. (laughs) I'm going to send it to you. That would be amazing. Yeah. So we all, like I said before, we all have an intuition. I feel like for whatever reason, some people's are, it's more blocked and the way that you get past it is just being open to listening, like listening to your heart, listening to your soul, getting quiet. You know, I talked about journaling. You can also just sit quietly. You don't have to meditate. I don't know who's who's listening or not. Yes, meditation can definitely help. If you don't want to meditate, you don't have to. Just sit and be quiet and close your eyes and just ask yourself, what what is my answer? You can also, because I, I mentioned I am a spiritual person, you can connect with your spirit guides and this is another show or feel free to reach out to me anybody (laughs) I can help you do this connect with your spirit guides you can connect with loved ones that have passed on you can connect with your own higher self let's do another show about that I'd love to definitely (laughs) There, there are so many ways to help get your answers and the cool thing is that we have all our answers inside we don't need to go anywhere else another way actually in that article I talked about connecting with your 80 year old self your older self because um, they definitely have the answers that you're seeking as mm-hmm. well. I agree with that entirely. I have so many answers for my teenage self. Well, those probably won't help you now. I like that you're bringing that up, actually, because a lot of the the work that I do, a lot of the way, that, one of the ways that I help people is to connect with your inner child, and that's a lot of the healing work that I do to. Just be really kind to that little girl who was doing the best she could at Aww. every single moment of her life, no matter what. 
and to give her love because she is still a part of who we are. She's there, you know, and, and the more that we give her love and forgive her and just love on her, the more empowered and stronger we will be. That's really cute. <laughs> Jess, you need to embody that. I wonder, though, for people like Jess um, who have a hard time <laughs> with getting in touch with their intuition, do you think it's a trust issue with yourself? Like you don't trust the decisions that you'll that you you're do. make? <laughs> uh, you do. You think it is? <laughs> No, I do. Like, yes, definitely. I have that challenge sometimes too, where I'm like, oh, like this is how I truly feel, but I don't trust that decision because I don't know why I don't trust it. I just talk myself out of it. But for the most part, no, I don't have that problem as we No, know. I'm but, saying you think that I do because you're very rational and you're very, you are very intuitive. So you like already know stuff <laughs> that spiritual. I don't know. You, you do too. You do too. But I think you don't myself. trust yourself. I think you're always waiting for like somebody to make a decision for you because yeah. you have a hard time trusting your own decisions well let's look at my slew of bad decisions and and see why maybe <laughs> okay and that's was, a joke i'm but. glad you're saying bad decisions because i was going to encourage you and anybody out there to think of a time that you that there has to be a time in your whole life where you actually did make a good decision and you followed what you really felt was the right thing to do for you and just take off from there. Okay, I did it once. I can do it again. Once again, getting back to take action. Like that example that we were talking about, Jess, with uh, the guy that you broke up with who ripped the steering wheel off the car because <laughs> he was in a rage. Oh. was a whole nother And you were like, whole this is a guy. bad relationship. Yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you stuck was, to it. That did have elements of toxicity and <laughs> that was a long time of, ago yeah no that was that was a teenager but even back then I knew yeah <laughs> stay away from the drug addicts so, but anyway so draw like Jamie said draw from that decision of of sticking making a good one and sticking to it yeah yeah I'll, I'll always remember that time I broke up with that guy <laughs> and, and that will get me oh through what God. to eat for dinner <laughs> because you know what ordering yeah, is a hard one I'm much more decisive when it comes to men. Okay, can you start doing this? Can you make this? I want to know how it goes. Like, the next time you go to a restaurant or you order online or whatever you guys are doing there, like, picking things up because, you know, things are coronavirus-y. Um, <laughs> can you please let me know how that goes? If you just, if that's your action, if you start there. Like, the next time you need to order something, will you let me, will you try it out? Okay, so next time I go to order something, I'm not going to ask the server what they recommend. I'm not going to ask whoever I'm with to decide for me or what they're getting because I always need to know what they're getting because what if they get something better than me and I'm jealous? So I'm going to just <laughs> or and I'm not going to just say whatever they're having. Yeah. No, you have to sit down and be like, what do I feel like? And go with that. Like, I think like that's... the first second, the, the first thing that comes to mind or do I think about it for a while? I don't know. Jamie? <laughs> okay, scan the menu. This is kind of like, or go on the dating app. Scan the dating app. Like, whatever. I, I relate everything back to dating. So you okay, scan the menu something's going to pop out okay. and you're going to keep going back to it. But then sometimes you might be like, oh, but like I said before, the other thing might be like maybe the grilled chicken might be healthier than the fettuccine Alfredo. However, what do right. I really want right now? Because if I get the grilled chicken, is it really going to be that exciting? No. But if I get the fettuccine, fettuccine Alfredo, 
it's okay, I can work out tomorrow. What do I really want in this moment? Period. I'm not going to feel guilty about it. What do I want? Period. I know I will end up obese if this is how we're going because <laughs> I will always want the fettuccine. Every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> you know what? That is so true, though. I do that. I do that too. And one I, thing sticks I, out. I, I, I totally, and I keep going back to it and keep going back to it. Like, I don't vocally go back to it. Like, in my mind, I'm like, uh, <laughs> poutine. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'll get the salad. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get it and you're like, this is so fun. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm someone who loves salad anyway. Like, I genuinely enjoy a good salad. But does my heart and soul want the friggin' poutine? Yes, it does. Every time. <laughs> Every time. Unless we're actually, last time we were in LA, we really needed a salad, a vegetable. Yeah. It was hard to come by. Yeah. <laughs> We couldn't get, like, the food we wanted, so we always just, just resorted weird. to, like, fast food and pizza. There are great salads here. When you guys come here, I'll, I'll introduce you to the best salad. Oh, we're coming. Oh, we're coming. We're yeah. coming. It's we like can't first wait on to get list. back. Well, you guys need to so that you can be on my show in person because it's a lot better. 100. When those when can we come? borders <laughs> yeah, open up we're and flying down. planes can take <laughs> off, You're breaking we through. will yeah. be on the show. <laughs> and we can't wait. We I just have this image of you guys, like, running, just running to L.A. No, that's, yeah. that's probably Booking. pretty accurate. That is exactly what <laughs> I am I'll picturing, too. Yeah. <laughs> Running from Canada to L.A. Yeah, to L.A., <laughs> all in the hopes of a salad. The border's open. Yeah. Well, I won't be running anywhere because I <laughs> pulled salad. my calf muscle yeah. to yesterday, but no. We'll we'll get there. So we'll, we'll make our way if I have to wheel you. <laughs> yeah. So back to back to the show. Um yeah. Jess will Make sure she forces herself to make that decision on her own. I will hold her accountable. Yeah, but we better hope. So every usually when things are open on on our recording day, Lauren and I go to our Greek restaurant and we get the same thing every time. So, but that's what we want. I know, but we, we better hope that that's not my first time. Yeah, if it makes you happy. It's okay. The next time you go to a restaurant that you haven't been to. The, the menu is like this foreign land. But I always have to research and the menu before I go. Don't do that. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's okay. You can scan it, but don't don't spend too much thought on it. Okay. Like don't. Yeah, just let my intuition. Creep. This is a practice test. Yes, this yeah. is. You got to try this. This one. is fun. <laughs> and and even for your other staff, like Jamie, what do you think if she doesn't journal? Because Jess is not going to journal. I tried, but, but okay. yeah. But what if she just wrote it down, like on a board, like a something in your room or a piece of paper that said, and like not just for Jess, but other people that experience the same kind of like challenges with intuition or decision making, like to keep yourself in check like write down like how do I feel today ask myself how I feel today like as you walk out of your bedroom that's good and also you can put on as in like a, just a very short affirmation and at, um, on the board you can put our little card in your pocket I trust myself I trust myself yeah that's nice and I trust in general I trust so you think that that's kind of like you know relationships or not individually that's kind of like like working on your intuition is the first step to like healthy being healthy making healthy decisions in your opinion you think yes it is the most important aspect of life and love like yes everything goes back to practicing getting in touch with your intuition once that muscle is strong nothing can go wrong in your life everything is yeah, that's just nice. flowing and then you live the life that you're supposed to live because you're open. And opportunities, the more that you trust yourself and you're in touch with your intuition, the more opportunities will come to you. Like the more open you are, 
the more like the more abundance in life. This is how you manifest. Exactly. And I did want to say we were talking about um, oh the trusting the having that as an affirmation. Just in general, I'm just gonna throw this out there as well. This applies to life, the beginning relationship, any type of relationship. I always say ATV. Remember ATV. I don't know if we can tell from my accent what those letters are, what the A is. But yeah, A T V so for the Canadians listening. A T V. Because <laughs> I'm saying A, I don't know how you would say it. Oh, like A. A. Um, A. A. So authentic. So authentic slash authenticity. Just always remember A T V. Authentic. Be authentic. Be your authentic self. T for trust. Not necessarily. This isn't about like heal those trust issues, although that's important. This isn't about you know trusting other people. This is trusting yourself, trusting in life, trusting in the flow of everything. And V, vulnerability. Be vulnerable because the more vulnerable you are, the more open and vulnerable the people in your life will be. You know, when you are vulnerable and you share your soul with this guy you're dating, not not the first second of meeting him, you know, but you got his relationship, <laughs> then it gives him permission to just take down those walls and just totally vulnerability leads to leads to authenticity so atv don't forget it i like that atv ATV. we i'll i'm gonna try and remember that uh for sure and you know one thing um that I want to say about being vulnerable is uh, sometimes my I have really bad anxiety and then I feel like the thought of being vulnerable just now gave me like a sense of anxiety just thinking about it. But then something that I tell myself often to, to kind of get through it is like this um, this is like a short time. Like this will pass. You know what I mean? Like this too yeah. shall pass. I know, but I didn't want to quote like the Bible or anything. If that's where that's from, where that's but from. I don't. Oh, okay, <laughs> I didn't want to quote like a religious thing because. But this will pass, and it will pass really fast. So like that feeling of like the anxious feeling that you'd get from being vulnerable will not last a very long time. So like even if you like, which should, should I say it? Just say that thing, and then it'll pass really quick. You know what I mean? Yeah, and once it's out there, it's out there, and I think. Yeah. You know, on that note is you feel that anxiety leading up to it, but once it's out, you feel such a relief. greater sense of relief yes. and happiness and, and satisfaction yes. and freedom. It's exactly. like an explosion of freedom. So that small yeah. like blip of, oh, yeah. I feel weird and anxiety and uncomfortable compared to that like explosion of relief and freedom. If you, I think for me too, like people, if we can remember that, yeah. then that will help push sure. us through that those difficult challenges when we feel like I want to be vulnerable, but I'm so scared to be vulnerable because it's hard and scary and uncomfortable. And I yeah. think this is a good like these episodes that we like to do because obviously we're in our 30s. Like it's different for us. We've experienced a lot of this stuff. We wish that we had this, yeah. you know, 10, yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah, totally. So we hope for our listeners, like when you hear this, maybe you're earlier on in your 20s. And or maybe you're not as comfortable as we are. Like, you know what I mean? Like even yeah, if you're like, older. Exactly. We're at whatever stage you're at, but we are trying to give you that empowerment in yourself yeah. to say like, hey, we've all been there, but we've learned from xyz so hopefully you can draw from what we're saying what our amazing guests like you jamie and like other experts that we have on the show are saying because everybody sort of lived it and we're giving you the information and the power to make the changes now so you don't have to wait another five ten years to make those changes or to come to the realizations that shit i should have made that change five years ago or i should have trusted myself or listened to myself oh yeah or yeah for sure and and this is something that i say and i feel like 
you know, if and if you ever listen to our show, you know how like hard we fangirl over our guests because you guys are like seriously such experts and like after every episode, I'm so motivated. But so with all this like m- more and more knowledge that I'm getting from more and more expert that experts that we speak to, all the one going thing that I wish that I could send back to my younger self is like enough, no insecurity, no, never worry a, a smidgen about what anyone would ever say about you. Like do you and always do you like this too shall pass. You know what I mean? So like live your truth, no matter exactly live your truth. And like, no matter all the information that I get from all these amazing people, that's still the one thing that I pull the most. So I love that ATV because that's a good reminder to really incorporate that. And it's an easy one to like remember yeah. and yeah. carry with you. Yeah. And just one more thing about vulnerability. Yes, there is something called vulnerability hangover, which happens. Um, however, just think about, is it better to just say what I need to say? Say what you need to say and let the words fall out. You know that song? Yes. Yes. So oh, we know the song. It is better to say what you need to say and use your voice than to look back and wish that you would have said something. I like that you gave that a term because sometimes that is true. I usually have that, like, the whole, I say, like, that vulnerability hangover. Like, like I I think I was too open, you know, Um, but uh, usually... Usually that, like Lauren said, that relief of of getting that out there really carries that feeling. So, um, and I think most people would agree like that, that's better than not saying it. So whatever, it's done. Well, yeah, that weighs on you too if you don't express what you need to express because it just, it's like holding in a fart or holding in a burp. Like it's so uncomfortable, but when you let it out, you feel amazing. And then, and then it's over that feeling that you're struggling with. Of holding it in and being uncomfortable is completely over. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good analogy, Lauren. On. I like that. <laughs> More thing. Have no attachment to the outcome. That's a really huge concept that can be really helpful to people to just as best as you can. So have no attachment to the outcome. Do your best to stay as neutral as possible. And once again, trust, trust, trust. Just trust. Yeah. Trust yourself. Oh, trust the outcome. Trust. And as long as you're using your voice and honoring yourself you can never go wrong you just gave us a really good little gift there so thank you so much oh, for that I'm glad you like that little nugget i did we, we really <laughs> the did atv like nugget yeah the atv nugget is <laughs> now a staple in our life yeah from now on <laughs> well jamie i mean you answered so many of our questions um for us like personally and yeah. then also i think probably for a lot of our listeners that fight with themselves around what to do, um, specifically like around breakups and how to handle making that decision and if it's the right decision and trusting yourself. Because if you're feeling, if you're, like you said, if you're questioning it, it's a no. Yeah. Yes. Correct. (laughs) It's a no. Yes, exactly. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. And we want to do another one. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait. It'll be so much fun. We want you on another one of our shows. Um, Yeah. No, this was so great. And if you can please go ahead and plug where everybody can find you. Sure. So my website is therelationshipexpert.com. Very easy, simple, straightforward. My Instagram... I have two, but there's really one that I 
that I started a while ago. The other one I kind of started. But my main one is the relationship expert. Once again, seems straightforward, except that it's not the way that expert is spelled. It's just X. The relationship, the letter X, P-E-R-T, the relationship expert. Um, I also do have an Instagram called Love Talk Live, which is the name of my next plug, which is my radio show called Love Talk Live on LA Talk Radio. And you can watch any episode live at 5 o'clock p.m. California time, Pacific time, if you go to the LA Talk Radio app or website, as well as you can watch any pre-recorded show. And this is a video show, by the way, um, for anybody watching and listening. Um, and it, all my shows are on my website, plus they're on the LA Talk Radio website and app, my previous shows. And all my contact information is on my website, etc. So reach out. Oh, and I do, in general, do video conferencing, video sessions and phone sessions, and especially now that we are in the quarantining situation. So you don't have to be in LA. That's my point. To do a session. Awesome. At, <laughs> yes. And as always, you can follow us at Herspective underscore podcast on Instagram. So thanks so much for being Thank here you. and we'll we'll be talking to you soon. Okay, great. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Thanks so much, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Bye. Bye.